Hello and welcome to the Was It Quality podcast where we're talking about WrestleMania 36 Night 2. Uh, hopefully you've joined us for the uh, the first part of this podcast. We talked about Night 1 and uh, we got into into a heated debate. That was It was pre- pretty much our podcast could have been split up into part, parts 1 and 2 there. Because mm. there was uh, everything before Undertaker AJ, then Undertaker AJ. That was like a separate part in itself. Yeah, some may say heated debates, but others may say like an, an eloquent debate. You know, we were we were like two politicians up there. We were like, you know, we were the we were the great wordsmiths of our era. The way we the way we bounced off each other, I thought. And in the end, I mean, who won the who won the arguments? It's it's got to be your boy. It's got to be the, the sexy scouser. Well, that's the thing. It's like you're right with saying we had some eloquent points and like some really good points were, were raised, and you had your say as well. And it was, it was, no, it was, it was I, I enjoyed talking about it, and my opinion's not changed, I don't get it, but, but to be fair, on this show, we've got a lot worse to talk about. Mm. I'm joined, of course, by Paddy Stanton. I'm on point, geezer. All the time, geezer. Yep. Uh, my name is Luis Sanchez. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, we've got a, a lot, a lot worse to talk about. Though. We have, and I don't Let's think, I don't think we're going to get into much heat debates during the, this part of, of the this night of, of mania, just because I think we can agree on most things. I don't think it was a solid show. I think it was, um, it was definitely worse than night one. I think we can agree on that as well. But just to, I think with the boneyard match, at the end of the day, look, it was polarizing, and they got people talking. It's probably what they wanted. So fair enough, but. There was things on this show which were the same, polarising, got people talking, but not for the same reasons, in my opinion. Definitely. I mean, there's one match I think we might slightly disagree over, but apart from that, yeah, I reckon this is just going to be a, a pretty much solid slamming of, a, of WWE, really. Um, but but again, like, fair play to the talent. You know, most most, most of them, well, no, all, all of them tried, not the commentators, but most of the, the talent, the in-ring talent actually tried. And, I, and, um, and some of the matches, I think, were really good. So what we'll do is I think we go through the card, as we normally do, and then at the end we can just basically summarise and, and, and come to a conclusion on whether you think the splitting it up into two nights works and, you know, did they make the most usage out of the talent doing it this way? Do you think they could do this every year? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm liking that, yeah. And, of course, answering the question, was it quality? It's always um, the question. Always the question. So let's get into to the pre-show. So pre-show, pretty much like the night before, it was like QVC, very <laughs> depressing. Uh, but somewhere in between all that depressiveness, they had Natalia versus Liv Morgan. And um, let me just start off by saying, Liv Morgan, oh my Oof. goodness. Yeah, like you went on your little tangents. Actually, you know what? Yesterday's podcast, yeah. So half of the podcast was talking about the Boneyard match. And I swear, the other half of it was just you on your erection on Alexa Bliss. It was, yeah. It pretty much was. And, and Liv Morgan is very... She looks quite similar to Alexa Bliss. I'm surprised they've not paired those two together. Alexa um, Bliss or Liv Morgan? Who would you... If you had to choose, life or death? See, here's the thing. If we're talking about... I'm going to have to go... I'm going to... If we're talking... If we're, if we're talking about all round, I'm going to have to say um, Alexa Bliss because I heard her on Jericho's podcast and she seems like the soundest geezer. Like you could easily fall in love with her, just like no doubt. Like she's she's just incredible. Like she's everything you want for a woman. Um, and then um, 
but then you get to Liv Morgan, and I'd say she's slightly more attractive, but I don't really know anything about her. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Alexa Bliss. I'd say yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon you could achieve it if you put your mind to it. You can do. You can achieve anything. You know that, Lou. Probably not. No, I don't think that's uh, beyond the. I think that's well beyond the realms of a possibility. I mean, uh, even getting a woman at this point is hard enough. But then getting one you actually like. I mean, that is. Uh, Probably be impossible. But so just going back to this, um, the pre-show, then this this kickoff. So how did it compare to night one? So you're saying night one was telly shopping, that was like QVC. So what could this compare to? Is this more on the lines of like a, a babe station, or was this? <laughs> no, this was um, it was literally cut and paste. It was the same thing, just different different vignettes. It was the same. It was it was the same geezers just there, just chatting. Just what you make? What you make of this match? This skis is going to win. The other it's good. It, it's going to be good. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> this geezer, he's the monster among men. Oh, this geezer, he's the kingslayer. Oh, this no, literally just saying the monster. So true, though. All they do is just relay like the nicknames, get the yeah. little like promotion in, and then that's it. There's just, there's just. I mean, like you say though, you did say last last night they're probably following from a teleprompter, aren't they? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were. It was. It's, it's literally just. There's no energy in it whatsoever. Um, and so yeah. So so yeah. That they're stale as fuck. They are. It's not worth watching them talking. But was it Corey and the other douchebag again? Corey, yeah, Corey Graves and uh, Pete Rosenberg. And Rosenberg, he's a great uh, radio host. You know, does a great hip hop um, radio sure. show. Um, he's a bit of a, nu- a nugget on Twitter, though. I'll say that. I really, I'm not, I don't, I'm not really on Twitter much. Um, do, do, do follow the. Uh, that's why the quality Twitter page. Um, of course, uh, all them posts we've we've made on there. Definitely, um, but yeah. So, but, but yeah, he's he's got a great, you know, some great freestyles, some great interviews and stuff. has happened on the Pete Rosenberg show. He's great, great, um, great radio host. Um, but but yeah, not not great. Why did he make them read from the teleprompter? Like, what? Why is it for? Why has it come to this? Do you think? Uh, that's the thing. It's like maybe he might be good, but they're just not letting him. They're just literally stripping away all of his personality. And that's what it will be, though. It's it's the definition of that. Like Corey Graves is uh, at one point he was a uh, he's one of their best commentators. So mm. I'm pretty sure they could carry a pre-show. But mm. this. You know, it sounded sounded pretty awful. This match went longer than the night before, though. So this this match was six minutes. Yeah, it was a pretty good match, actually. It was um like you know Natalia was like the um the, the veteran trying to sort of teach with Morgan a lesson, and that they they made quite like good use of there being no crowd as well. Like Natalia was speaking to Liv Morgan. It, at one point, it seemed like a bit of a training match. It seemed like she was trying to like school Liv Morgan, um, and I think Liv Morgan got like a sneak pin. And one, uh, it was pretty solid. Uh, I think I've always thought Liv Morgan's actually quite a good worker, even when she was um back when she was a local competitor, when she was like just a faceless jobber. I thought she still put in a in good a good match. Yeah, um, she's quite athletic. I think she's got potential. And Nat- yeah. Natalia's Natalia. She's uh, she's always been good. Uh, I she did quite a decent amount of chain wrestling as well in this, which is one of her stronger points. Yeah, definitely. She she was obviously like uh, imagine she well, she was leading the match, you know, as you'd, you'd expect. Um, only thing about Liv Morgan, she's she's not she's got the look. She's a good wrestler. I don't know her talk. I don't know if she's any good at that. But she's got no character. I don't like if if you were to say describe Liv Morgan, I'd just say she's fit. 
you do real you know you don't know about their storyline recently then how she how she returned no i don't know i know that didn't the right squad whoever she's with like turn on her or somebody oh i've got to clue you in on what happened then so you're yeah. saying Liv morgan's it's like you know faceless pretty face mm. she, she's actually supposed to be a, a lesbian on tv mm. because it was bobby lashley and rusev you know when they were feuding over lana Right. I don't know if you know, they had this like blood feud for months over Lana. It was like a cuckold. What, what's it called? Cook, um, cuckold, yeah. Cuckold, and yeah, it was like a cuckold storyline, apparently. So right. um, Lana runs off with Lashley. Even though Rusev and Lana are happily married all over Twitter, everyone knows this. It's evident they, to everyone. Are they still together, by the way? Are they doing all right? Yes, like, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, it's a happy story. Not, not. It's not always a sad story. Oh, it, it, I know it is for you, but not for everyone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No. Yeah. Do, no. <laughs> At least other people can find happiness. Be going. <laughs> but yeah, so they're feuding for months. Big. Um, it's like a blood. One of the main feuds on Raw actually at the time, and then they mm. were doing a wedding. So they did a wedding between Bobby Lashley and and Lana. Right. And this is one of the worst segments in Raw history, so you need to go out your way and see this. It was an abomination. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. So you know how wrestling weddings go generally 90% of the time that they are terrible. Yeah. But sometimes, they're, you know, they're hilariously terrible, but this one was just terrible. So mm. randomly, for no reason, at the end of it, um, Liv Morgan comes out, runs down the ramp and says, you know, he's letting on. she's letting on that, she's having an affair with Bobby Lashley and then it's oh yeah. no I'm having an affair with Lana and then I think they I think they start uh, they start they start wrestling in the middle of the ring but they're like they're clearly lesbians with each other but I think this is when Paul Heyman starts the first started writing Roar again right. so this has got Paul Heyman's fingerprints all over hasn't it he did a storyline like this in, in ECW I remember I do remember that yeah yeah but yeah so that's how Liv Morgan recently returned because I think she was injured for for a while for a good few months, and this was her return. She came back as this lesbian. That is a, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, Lana and Liv Morgan together, mm. that sounds incredible. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I can't, I can't hate on Paul Heyman too much with this because if you're going to choose a lesbian couple in WWE, this is the perfect one. Probably, yeah. Yeah, terrible angle. Go out your way and see it. So bad. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but but yeah, so the match they had in the Italian of Morgan, um, okay, nothing me- too memorable, nothing bad. It was, it was all right. Um, and, and we start the main card with, I think, one of the matches of the night, possibly one of the matches of the weekend. Actually, I'm going to go, I'm going to go up my limb and I'm going to say the match of the night. Yeah, and I agree. Maybe, yeah, they had a very good match. It was Rhea Ripley, um, NXT Women's Champion, defending her title against Charlotte Flair, um, who won the Royal Rumble. And um, they had a pretty good 20-minute match. Um, I could have I could have happily seen them go a little bit longer. Yeah. It seemed like they were really getting into it. But as it was, very good match. Yeah, very good opener, and they gave them enough. They gave them enough time. Twenty minutes for an opener, a women's match. Um, deservedly so, though. Both of these women are absolute tanks, though, aren't they? Like the machines. Like, yeah, 
Like they're, they're mm. ripped to shreds. They're tall. They're dead. They're stocky and they're powerful and they're strong. And it was just a really good matchup between two similar wrestlers in a way in the ring. Now Charlotte Flair is incredible. Like I know I was mentioned yesterday that Oscar's one of the best wrestlers on the on the on the roster. Charlotte Flair also is, and that's not just counting a woman. Like she just is generally out of all the men as well. I think. And uh, real Ripley's got so much potential. She's a uh, athletic, strong. Yeah, just thought they went back and forth. Now I, I do think Charlotte dominated a bit, like a bit too much in a way. She was, she was, she did get the upper hand in most of the match. But I think Rhea did show off what she can, what she is capable of as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I think yeah, like Charlotte, one of the best on the roster in general. One of the quickest like learners as well. Seeing as like, I don't think she was always a wrestling fan. Obviously, you know what happened with their brother sadly passing away, and then that spurred her on to become a wrestler. And um, you know, she straight away she's incredible, incredibly athletic, kept became an incredible wrestler, and now she's also an incredible talker, incredible character altogether. Um, I think as an all rounder, yeah, she's probably one of the best mm. on the roster. Do, yeah. um, Do you know what it is? It's because when she makes an entrance, she's obviously like a dad in that regard. Um, she just feels special, so all like the robes that she has and and all that. Like she seems, she is a wrestler. She is what she says she is in a way, and she li- she lives the gimmick just like a dad did. Uh, but yeah, she's like she's larger than life. She gives off that aura about her. I think so. And I was surprised she won the match though. Like, is she gonna go back to NXT? Like, I'm I'm a bit confused myself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it'd be great to see her have a match at Takeover. Like, let them really. Like you know, to really express yourself. Um, great to see her there rematch at a takeover if that mm. is the case. Uh, yeah, she won with um, I think it was the figure eight in uh, yeah, after twenty minutes. Um, she spent a lot of the match or a part of the match like working over the leg and what have you. Um, and yeah, it was it was good. Uh, first one of the first times I've actually seen Rhea Ripley. I think the only other time I must have seen her must have probably been in in the Rumble probably. Um, yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. So, but yeah. So what did you think of her? Incredible, yeah. Just, just echoing what you said, really. Just mm. yeah, great wrestler, the, very similar to, to Charlotte in a way. Yeah, they're really um, similar, aren't they? And I don't think Rhea's. What's mad as well, she hasn't also got that much experience, so she's mm. got so much potential herself. And they obviously see that because they. That's why they've lumped her in with Charlotte straight off the bat. She's only twenty three. Rhea Ripley's twenty three years old, which is mad mm. to think of, isn't it? She's on this yeah. main stage at WrestleMania and opening match after being. I think she's only been in NXT for a good few months uh, since yeah. since last year. I know she came up through the uh, the U- NXT UK division. Uh, you know, as, as non-existent as that is, she stuck out um, out of all the women on there and the men. And uh, yeah, she she proved she proved she proved herself here. I think definitely. Definitely, yeah, yeah, good, uh, yeah, great match, great match. She also, Agia was inspired by Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z because apparently she's a big anime fan, big nerd essentially. So, I don't know about you, Lou, but that that makes uh, someone uh, instantly more sexier to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, de- uh, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I- I'm not sure about the short hair though. I'm not mm. a big fan of short hair. I mean, she you get good looking girl, but I'm actually she- like, yeah, it's not I'm not a fan of short hair. We know what you're a fan of. Red, red hair and, and glasses. I mean, yeah, I'm down with that. Down with that. Uh, another, another woman I'm, I'm down with. She won't be down with me. But that is, uh, that's Lana, and she was in the corner of Bobby Lashley taking on Alistair Black in a second match. Um, yeah, Alistair Black first. Bobby Lashley, 
Um, went about seven minutes. Okay. Nothing much to say here, really. I thought Alistair Black's entrance, as per usual, was awesome. It, as good as an entrance you're going to get with no people in the crowd, he had this like sort of creepy... It, had, it was like a jack, black jacket that had like horns on in a way. He looked like a bit of a like he was going. For, obviously, he's got devil vibes in his in his gimmick, but he was going with that kind of vibe. But I love Alistair Blackman. I think he's one of the best. He's one of my favorites in the company. I think they can uh, they could do a lot more with him. But I think the case of this match is it was sort of just thrown together. It was it was quite meaningless in a way. And like these are two wrestlers that they the sort of in a holding pattern. Like the they could be doing more than they are. So like with Bobby Lashley, I know I've got some friends who are like casual casual fans, and they're like, "Well, why don't they play off the fact that he's like a, he was a good MMA fighter in Bellator, and they, they don't really play off that? Like he was he was good in TNA, he was a world champion in there, and they, they played off that. And he's just come to WWE to be a mid carder essentially, but he could be more. He could be more than that. Definitely, yeah. I'm just, I'm just shocked they've not done the big program with, with Brock Lesnar. I know. They might have had a war match or something like that, but. Um... Do you think but, it's yeah. too late for that now? Yeah, you never know. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's too late. I reckon you, you could still do it. You could build him up. Um, but he's, yeah. All yeah, I know yeah. is Bobby Lashley is a tank. He is some, some sexual chocolates and not in the Mark Henry kind of way. No, yeah, he's um, definitely, yeah. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you, in this match, I didn't really watch it because I, um, I was making a pizza. But if you allow me to talk about the pizza... Um, yes, was, well, you talked about your game of fever yesterday, so give me your yeah. view on, on the pizza, please. Well, yeah, so, so, so the pizza was um, it was it was a weird one actually. It had like a bit of spinach on it, um, and then your cheese. And uh, I think it was, it's not uh, like you to be this healthy. What's going on? Oh well, I'm, I'm not uh, as as with a Carlsberg in my hand and an empty uh, four muffin chocolate uh, box here. I'm not I'm not too healthy. But diabetes. Diabetes. I mean, I've definitely got the constipation recently. Um, IBS, IBS, IBS. That's IRS's follow-up gimmick, actually. To be fair, you do you do spend about forty-five minutes on the shitter, so definitely. Yeah, IBS is either in your future or it's it's already here. It's it's been here for a while. Um, but yeah, the pizza was surprising. I didn't think it was going to be very good, but um, it was all right. Actually. Give me a star rating. Oh, I'd say um, three stars. Three stars. It was good. Three but stars. I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to be a. Um, I thought it was going to be a proper like like minus five stars. So I only picked it up by mistake, and then I was like, oh, well, I picked it up. How do you pick a pizza up? Man? Like, you mean the type of pizza? Yeah, yeah, it was one of them. Bro. I was looking through the pizzas, and I was like. Oh well, you know I don't, you know don't want to put it back now. So I was like, oh fuck, I might as well get it, give it a try. I'm gonna be drunk, so everything tastes better when you're drunk. And, and, and uh, did it? What's that? And did it? Yeah, it was. It was surprising. That's why I gave it three stars because it wasn't like one of them. I wouldn't pick it again, but I did enjoy it. It was very nice. Um, so up next, just just to... before you go on, I've got to say about Alistair Black's finisher. The Black Mass is lethal. Oh, yeah. That's a lethal finisher. The way he hits that, the way he connects, is class. It's one of my more. It's one of my favorites finishes on 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 the roster. I don't know about you. Definitely, yeah. I mean, 
the way he used it in this match as well, the spear hit him with a black mass, like, you know. Well, what did you think yeah. of that finish? So it was Lana, like he was, yeah. Lashley was about to give her, give him the dominator and then she's like, no, go for a spear. So, and then obviously he gets reversed and, and uh, hits the black mass, but already they're breaking up Bobby Lashley and Lana, it seems just, why, What? what's the point? Yeah, it's, it's one of them where it was like, um, as soon as she said, like, you suggested, like, um, like Bobby Lashley basically had him beat. He'd done the, no, he had him up for the Dominator, then put him down, then he'd done the spear, but he would basically had him beat. And um, then she said, do the spear. And you know in wrestling, when you have someone beat and then their manager goes, no, do this, they're obviously going to lose. So it's one of them, you knew it was coming. Um and it was, yeah, it was. I've no, I don't, I don't think one way or the other about it. Really, I'm not really emotionally invested in this storyline, so I could give a shit. Do you believe in the theory that Vince McMahon purposefully likes to break up couples in WWE? So it's just, it, yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent track record alone, like you know, yeah. But this is another right. one, isn't it? It's another example of that. And already, like, I feel like they just done that storyline so we could try and break them up in real life, break them up together on the road so they can't go on the road together. A few months down the line, and they're breaking Bobby Lashley and Lani up. The whole point's that storyline that you're invested for so long, for so many months. Main events, wedding angle, angles with lesbians and, and, and everything included. And now you're breaking them up already. So is it was it really about that, or was it just to break them up as a couple? It's so fucked up. Definitely, yeah. I mean, Vince is the only one who can answer that. I can't. I've, well, I've yeah, like, what would be the thinking? That like, is he? Why is he so perverted that he want to do that? That is that is a long psychological question. <laughs> that is a. Uh, that's definitely an episode in making. Is he quality? A fucking seven-hour <laughs> dissection of Vince McMahon. Oh my goodness, I'd love that. That would be a saga. That would be there'd be many parts to that episode. Should they we do, do it? Well, that, we, we should do. I mean, the research is going to take a while. Definitely. But I will recommend, though, out there, anyone's listening, what's a podcast on Vince? Listen to um, uh, How To Wrestling. I did an episode with Vince McMahon, five hours long. Very good, actually. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll but get he, them on. Definitely. But the thing about Vince is it was five hours, and they sort of just scratched the surface. Like, Vince oh, is God. a complicated man. <laughs> That's one word. That's one way of describing him. But it, it was very insightful. It taught me a lot of things that I didn't know before as well. And when if we do eventually do this episode, I'll, I'll you know cite them as a, as a bit of my um, a large part of my research. Um, very good, actually. Check that podcast out. Very good. Plugs. Plugs. And feel free to plug us back if you do eventually listen to this. Yeah. As I'm sure they will. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, next podcast. Uh, sorry, I thought I was again. <laughs> <laughs> Bloopers. So the, next, so the next match was uh, Otis versus uh, Dolph Ziggler, um, and uh, you know I, I'm not I wasn't really aware because I've been watching like WWE recently about this Otis and Mandy Rose storyline, but apparently from the, what commentators were saying, um, like this Otis was like wants to to, to give it to Mandy. And they were getting on all right. And then, like, what's it? Um, Dolph Ziggler and Sonya Deville did something and basically, like, got in the way, like, sort of cock-blocked him or whatever. Mm. And then 
he's then like he was out there and he's annoyed with them and she's not there. Um, and that's sort of background to the match, really. Am I missing anything out? Not really, but this is just like the antithesis of what I hate about WWE mm. is a uh, soap opera storylines like this, like love storylines, because they never do them well. You've seen with the one I talked about before, Bobby Lashley and Lana shit. Here's another one. It's like they always have to have one going on. They've never been able to do one that that was good or successful and it was ever interesting or ever creative. It's just always been embarrassing to me. Um, it's, it's always just so cringy. It's the whole point. I've made a few points of this, but you stick you stick wrestling on, you stick WWE on it with someone, a mate of yours that's never watched it before. And you see shit like this, it'll be turned off immediately. And it's another case with this. And you know, I can accept I can accept things for what they are with, with wrestling with WWE most of the time. But love love triangles, love circles, I can never really I can never look past it because it's it's just always too cringy for me. Well, I don't know. You you had your old um uh, Al Wilson and, and um and what's her name? Dawn Marie. Um, you know, <laughs> you're a Kane leader, pretty good. Um, obviously, like Macho and Randy, that was like seriously, like that was a good one. Um, but yeah. most of the time, most of the yeah, time, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just getting worse as the years go on, in a way, because uh, it's also it's harder to do it in the confines of the PG and like the way they the way they look at PG and the way they they book it. And what I will say is Otis is a sweaty man. Uh, one one of my mates' mess has been said that. Otis might be the sweatiest, sweatiest man I've ever seen in my life. Could be, and um, I mean, if if like I, I don't know if it is true, and you know, maybe it is. I mean, I've not heard there's a rumor, but I'm just hoping this is true. If Otis is getting with Mandy Rose, and um, then there is hope for us all. Because um, exactly, uh, you must have, you must have come away with a new hope to quote to quote Star Wars there. Well, uh, possibly the thing is, Otis is tall. And I'm not, so I'm. Otis fucking isn't tall. tall. He is tall. He's he is fucking tall. not. He is tall. How, how tall is he? Is he six foot? Five. It says his build height is five foot ten. So in WWE, so in real height, he'll be about five foot eight. He's not. So he's a fucking mush. He's proper he? stocky, and he's he's not tall. Oh, I say there we go. There's some hope. Here. There we go. Take that. Take some solace in that. You have to be a famous wrestler as well. <laughs> That's um, what you've got to prove. Exactly. Th- yeah. Um, so they did some weird. It was like a something out of Mister Robot as well. Did you see it with the the hacker? What did you make of it? The hacker. What are you talking about, Sonya Deville, the way she's dressed? Or what, what was that? No. So it was on um, It was on SmackDown. It was like the. Uh, they don't know if you've seen the reveal. Yeah. So like, yeah. So, what it was obviously Mandy and Sonya, they've been a tag team for for years and that. So obviously the swerve in the end was it was all it was all Sonya's and Dolph's plotting against Mandy and Otis. They were trying to you know turn turn Mandy's head against Otis. So that that was the plot all along. But the way they revealed it, there was some like Elliot Elliot out of Mister Robot, like but it was like a like, blanked out face. He was sitting in like a computer little room with like all these little. Little hacker things, and he, and he basically hacked in and, and caught Sonya Deville talking to Dolph, Dolph Ziggler. It was it was very weird. Another weird thing they they've done in the past couple of weeks. Mm. Oh, I did not know that. Um, but the, the match itself was um, it was, was alright. 
Nothing Special, um, what's it, Mandy Rose came out, attacked uh, Sonia, um, helped um, Otis out, gave the low blow to uh, Dolph, Otis got the victory, they had a kiss at the end, oh, it was nice, feel good, I quite liked it. Um, it's, good, um, it's good to see that a chubby man gets some from time to time. It's nice to see a chubby man get a chubby. Um, it's <laughs> nice to see a chubby man with me a chubby. Um, <laughs> You still have that that said chubby, chubby now, don't you? I, well, I still look with the picture of uh, Mandy Rose up, I do. Um, so who did yeah. it for you? Was it Otis? Was it big men slapping meaty men? Or was it Mandy? It, it was Mandy. I mean, Mandy's one of the... I mean, the, the talent roster, basically, they, they all... I think in this match, right? Because um, there's almost a woman. There's a woman in... I think there's women involved either in storyline or in the ring in all but two of the matches tonight. And all of them, all of them with the exception of Tamina. <laughs> you have to make sure she doesn't listen to this. She'd beat the shit out of you. She would beat the shit out of me. It's part of the reason that I said she is not fit. Uh, no, three matches. <laughs> all but the exception of three matches. Um, all of, yeah, all of them are, are decent. So there's high competition in that regards. Um, so as much as you don't have, you, you want to go and say, oh, give women a chance and all of that, and you, you still do have to be attractive to make it. So don't be too high on your high fucking horse. So. <laughs> of course. Have you seen this company? It's full of yeah. tens left, right, and centre. Like, that whole bullshit of, like, your luck doesn't matter. Like, of course, it 100% matters. Like, to them, they're in TV land. They're in, like, Hollywood TV land. You have to have a certain look. You have to have perfectly round, rounded teeth, chiseled cheekbones. And then if you're lucky enough, if you're lucky enough to be like a Daniel Bryan and you're that good, you'll, you you might make it. But more often than not, you, and you won't. The thing is, is you say, when you say a certain look, you give them credit. Is if like, oh, there's, there's like an actual reason storyline. They have to be attractive. No, they just have to be attractive because they're making TV. And that's, that's how TV, people on TV largely have to be attractive and that's just the way the world is and that's the way the world will always be and you can people can deny it but you're lying to the kids just a minute <laughs> you're lying to the kids you're lying to the kids you're lying to the kids by you're lying to yourself louis aren't they they are they are lying to me because the more you you say looks don't matter it gives people false hope looks like yourself matter. what's that like like yourself gives is you that, false hope is that giving false hope looks do matter I'll die alone. Is but this ex- why? <laughs> is this why you've uh, you've sort of you've um, you're going down the stand-up routes because that's a way where you can be on TV but not be attractive at the same time. Oh yeah, I mean, if you want to get on TV or, or be successful in entertainment and not be attractive, you have to work so fucking hard. You have to be like like a Mick Jagger. Right, not that attractive a lad, really. If you look at him, he had to be one of the biggest rock and roll stars of all time to make it. Whereas, take that, they just have someone else write most of it. Like people like fucking boy bands, people write the songs for them, get bunged on TV, they're fine. Like you have to be like comedians that that are, that that like like your Dave Chappelle. I wouldn't consider him an attractive man. <laughs> he had one of the greatest comedians to ever live to make it like it, it, yeah mm. didn't get handed on a little uh, platter mm. did he no I'm not saying attractive people are handed 
everything. You Are know, you saying you Otis is that attractive? You got silver spooned everything. I don't. I don't think. Um, I, I don't think anyone would be spooning. I think he'd be the big spoon in that situation. He'd be the fucking big bear, the big big spoony bear. Yeah, but I'm not saying that. And again, how depending on how this is received, it may or may not get cut out. But <laughs> I'm not saying that like people who are attractive don't have to work hard for what they're given. But you're lying if you say it's not an advantage most of the time. No, but, I agree. So where do you? So you you've come out and said Mandy's fit, Liv's fit, um, uh, Alexa's fit. But where do you rank them? What just those three? Yeah. So we're saying Mandy, Alexa, and Liv. So obviously, I think number one. Are we going? Are we just objectifying? Are we going all round? <laughs> I never objectify. This isn't an object. I'm going all round. I'm going take take them home to the old mar for a nice little slap up steak dinner. All humans objectify, but I'd say um, um, all, all animals objectify as well. It's just it's just human nature. But um, it, it, <laughs> it's just human nature. So animals objectify, <laughs> isn't it? Animal nature as well then. It's animal nature as well. Um, again, that may or may not get cut out. <laughs> but uh, I would say all round, I'm going to go Alexa number one. Um, then um, I probably have to put I have to put Liv on there, Liv Morgan, because I think she was dating um, was it Apollo Cruz or something for a while, and it, that shows a good judge of character. Was she? Yeah, I, really... she... I, I think so. I think she was dating Tyler Bates as well. Maybe she's so, been maybe she's been around the locker room. She's one of them. Well, fair play to her. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, and and again, both seem like both nice guys. And if that's the case, she's a good judge of character. Um, and I don't really have much information to say uh, to know about Mandy Rose, so I'm going to have to put her second as Morgan and Mandy Rose third. Right. Solid list. But the thing is, Mandy Rose, she's not responded to my messages, so she's also a good judge of character. Anyway, so <laughs> the next the next message is um, Ed. Uh, sorry, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the next match is Edge versus Randy Orton. Is it over yet? Is it over yet? Fuck! <laughs> that was me. That was legit me watching this. This is where our, our main differences are going to come from, I reckon, in this this part of this night too. Um, so you're not a big fan of this? No, no. And I'm not saying it was terrible and it was awful because there was something on this show which is worse than I'll obviously get into. And it wasn't even the worst thing. Like it, No, it was, it was one of the better matches on both nights. But you cannot put this on for 40 minutes in a backstage slugfest and expect it to, to be revered because this could have been so much better if this was 15 minutes long and it deserved to be that long. It didn't deserve to go 40 minutes. Why you're booking a last man standing match through an empty arena backstage. You're banging each other into to lockers. It's basically a tour of the performance center. It's an advertisement. It's basically what it is. I, I just, it, it was, it was just so long. It was so plodding and, I know Randy Orton matches are methodical. I get that. I'm used to that by now. But this was just on another level. It was it was just so tiring to watch. See, the thing was, it was long. But the main reason it was long, I thought, because the commentators, this is the worst bit of commentary I've ever heard. And at the same time, it was piss poor. <laughs> I could barely even hear the fuckers. And we were <laughs> at one point, 
and it was like, why the fuck are you whispering? Surely there's no fans. You should be more animated. <laughs> no, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. This is the worst commentary I've ever heard. And, like, I don't know, I was watching it myself and I didn't know if anyone else was going to... You know when you're watching something and you pick up on things and you don't know if people are going to be onto it? Well, you messaged me straight away and were like, what is this commentary? And then seeing everyone else on Twitter had the same reaction. Just, what were they thinking? Well, I think what I messaged you was, where is this commentary? It just wasn't there. It just, not someone turned their mics off. It was, like, there's one point, right? Edge, he spears Randy Orton on the top of a truck and they don't say anything. Don't acknowledge it. They just, they're just like, oh, good win for Edge there. He just spears them on the truck. Why nuts? Yeah. Yeah, so it was Tom Phillips and Byron Sexton. Don't give them their mania payday. But then again, they may have got told to react this way. Like WWE are very strange in their, in their commentary, as we all know. But another thing that they do, yeah, when something's brutal and something's like bloody or like horrific in their terms, they do this thing where they get the commentators to be talking in hushed. Oh my god, it's hushed tones! I can't believe, I can't believe it. Rennie's down. I can't believe it. Why would you do such a thing? Like they talk like in these hushed tones, like it's it's making it more effective, but it's not. It's doing the opposite. That's what they, this did. The, the complete opposite. I'm I'm supposed to be excited and engaged. So I don't know. This match probably would have been better, and definitely would have been better if it had better commentary. So at the end of the day, it could have just been all the commentary's fault that this match didn't deliver, in my opinion. I think so. I think that was most of it. Obviously, it did go a little bit too long, but some of the spots were great. Yeah. Right, so they, they started off in the ring, go backstage. They go through the um, the gym, and as much as you're saying like advertisement for the performance center, this this I think was another one of the matches that made use of the unique nature of the night. Where this is probably the only time they're gonna do like a show from the performance center because it's not really what it was built for. So if you're gonna do it. Might as well do that. This like this backstage fight where you go through all of the different rooms because you're not going to do it again. So I no, I don't. I don't. I love that. That thought. I yeah. love the back the backstage vibe to it. it. The only thing is, it wasn't executed as well as it could have been because they were taking so long to get to spots to get to different areas of the of the, of the arena. And it was, I just remember thinking there was a lot of times where they were just all they were doing were banging each other into things, like they weren't hitting each other with enough weapons at times. I thought. And it just it just took, all took a bit too long, and I'm just disappointed um, in Edge's return. Really, and I mean, it's he was good, but it was just the hand he got dealt. I wish wish it would have been something a bit more impactful for his return. But it was uh, it was still pretty decent. Just I nearly fell asleep watching it because it was just so plodding. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can see that, but I thought some of the spots were really good. Yeah, like, like the the elbow off the top of the truck, that was cool through the table where. That was very surprising as well. I didn't expect Edge to uh, to do a bump like that. Fair play to him. But we can't mention this. It was an advertisement for the Performance Centre, but also felt like an advertisement for Dark Side of the Ring on, on the Chris Benoit documentary. Like, this this documentary came out last week. Yeah. And what did he do? Did he go backstage? The first room is a gym. And Randy starts hanging Edge on a weight cable. How stupid can you be? No, I didn't make that connection, but that's uh, that is dark. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like, come on! Surely these people knew that this documentary come out. You can't be that ignorant. And that that edge spot that sounds a bit like a new Jack spot. So I mean, mm. you know, 
what's going on there? Maybe maybe they were just invested in in Vice. Maybe um, yeah, maybe they just love watching Vice. Some of the people in WWE, but I don't know. Like, I straight away as soon as Randy started hanging Edge by a cable on a weight rack like that, it just I straight away immediately thought that's how Chris Belmar murdered himself. Mm. Not a good look. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but but they had some good spots in the match. Like there was a bit where um, Edge was sort of on like the monkey bars thing, and he like sort of jumped up and he did like a kick, a swinging kick to to Randy. That was really good. He sort of ran up this like weight pushing thing and did a spear. He they they fought backstage. He, as you say, he hung on to like the ceiling fixture in the boardroom and while Randy Orton was on a table. Edge dropped down and did an elbow drop. That was really good. They were fighting on top of these boxes. I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, Randy Orton did a draping DDT on top of this truck. was really good. Um, there was a spear on top of the truck. was, I think, the best spot of, of the night. Well, yeah, no, best spot of the night. Yeah. Good um, Randy Orton was going for the punt, and the Edge reversed it into the spear. Um, some of it was, was really good. Um, it they, was, they but just picture like those spots, yeah, just condensed down to 15, 20 minutes. You go bang, 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 bang. You do them, you know. You get from one to the other, but they didn't. Mm. They just there was so there was. I know you've got to slow down the pace a bit, get get people more, you know, invested in the story, the match that way. But um, I just thought it took did to take too long to to um to do a lot of the stuff. I thought Edge looked great though. I can't deny that he's in the best shape of his career. I watched the documentary as well there last night. I think I've told, yeah. I've told you, but yeah, definitely must watch. Go you and see that. It might be one of the, it's one of the best documentaries they've done, and that's saying a lot because it's probably the best thing they create. Is the documentary, isn't it? Did it go over his whole career, or is it just literally so, him, like back? Sort of, yeah. So look, it goes from his retirement, mm. and then it will sort of go back in time a little bit. It's about one hour fourteen minutes, which for a WWE twenty four documentary, that's quite long because usually they're about like forty five minutes to an hour, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah, the I won't spoil it too much, but the the show's retirement was obviously deep, and then they sort of just chronologically go from when he retired to to now. So they go from a lot of his acting that he was doing, and then they go into how he how he eventually got the idea to come back. And one of the one of the reasons was he was doing a YouTube because Seamus does a workout show on YouTube, <clears throat> and they and Edge went on one of the episodes, and he was riding his bike with Seamus mountain biking, and he falls off the bike. And he's got like a heavy ass scratches going up his leg now, but he basically done a bump and he and he thought to himself, Wow, that didn't hurt even a little bit, so maybe I could go in and, and start doing bumps to see how see how I feel doing them. Yeah. And he eventually does some bumps and he's like, Wow, I can actually I could actually do this now. And he got cleared. He doesn't doesn't mention AEW by name, but he does say I had another company contact me um before Vince, so I went to Vince and then Vince offered me <laughs> a big fat contract, basically. Madness. I mean, only last time I fell over on my bike, all I learned was I need to stop drinking um, that much um, on, on that particular night. Not in general. Not silly. I didn't think uh, you could ride a bike. Just, I, I, well, I, I, I can. Not when I've had a few, uh, few Carlsberg. You attempt me. to. Hey, do you remember that well, time in uni when <laughs> me and you were coming back from a night out and like this kid bonneted me on his bike? We were I both. do remember that. I don't think it was even coming back from a night out. I think no, it was actually no, it was yeah, yeah. No, I was heavily. I was. I remember being quite intoxicated. 
Yeah. And he just, uh, yeah, we were just walking along the road and uh, bonnets me and all grazes all my elbow and starts screaming, why you do this? I'm like, why you do this to me? Yeah, that was a weird, that was a weird evening. There was many weird yeah. evenings. I mean, I, I got knocked back in a very different way that night. We, oui. oui. you mean sexually? Yeah, yeah. Bit of ego in there as well. But anyway, Edge, Edge, um, Edge beat Randy Orton. Thirty-six minutes. This went. Um, yeah, you know, I thought it was good. I like uh, the finish actually, and but I can't believe how much they no sold that finish. Oh, it was unreal. The commentary was so bad, so so bad. Commentators fucking terrible. Worst um, commentary ever, do you think? Probably. It's one of them where people always moan about the commentary. And uh, you know what? I'll notice good commentary, but I tend not to notice bad commentary. I tend not to mind it too much. This one, you couldn't help but notice. Yeah, it like you couldn't turn away and not listen because it was like they're doing all these big impact spots and nothing's getting said. You can hear yeah. a little, it's like a cat meowing. Tom Phillips could basically be a little cat in that moment. Pretty much, it was, it was, it was terrible. They needed a veteran there because they, they seem both, they're both relatively new to the commentary desk, at least in this company, like as far as I know, anyway. And um, they needed a veteran in between them, like or at least like, yeah. Break up. This was supposed to be a blood feud. This was supposed to be Randy's near killed this man with concertos and like edges just pretend after nine years. Where is where's the passion? Definitely, just you said that also. Edge did a concerto to Randy on top of the truck. That was also that was cool. quite a nice spot. What, what do you think? Do you think this would have been better with the crowd? Because it was so weird. Because going into this show, I was like, right, this match is going to be amazing because it'll, it'll be this and the ladder match will be matches that, that won't need a crowd. But then at the end of it, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because the commentary was shit, so a crowd may have lifted it up. But with this match, I, I just I got... I, I, I thought like they could have been more more out of it, and I feel like with a crowd, you would have got more out of it. Yeah, I can I agree with that. I reckon um, I reckon it would have benefited from there being a crowd. Um, as all of the matches, I reckon would do. Um, but, but yeah, I think I think like also hearing the crowd pop for some of those spots because I undoubtedly they would have. Um, then the commentators probably would have been like into life and they'd have been like, oh shit, yeah, we should talk about this shit. But... Yeah. Yeah. But um, it was all right, I thought. Yeah, overall, um, one of the, honestly, it's probably the best, still the best, well, second best match on the show, I think. Of night two? Yeah, of night two. Yeah, I, I reckon so, yeah, definitely. Um, next match we get to, I wouldn't say this was one of the best at all. Um, Street Profits, I've not seen them previously. On the pre-show, I was, I was watching them, and I, I could get to like these guys. They seem very uh, charismatic and entertaining, and I quite like them. Please tell um, me they plug some jewellery on QVC Tally Shopping. <laughs> they, um, I can't remember what they were saying, to be fair, but they did. Have, they had a good energy about them. Um, the other geezers, uh, Angel Garza and Austin Theory, never seen these geezers in my life. They didn't give me a reason to want to see him again. No, Gaza is a star in the making, you know. He is awesome. Yeah, you know, he's, he's been on Raw for the past couple of weeks, uh, maybe a few months now, and he's he, he could be the next Eddie. He's amazing in the ring. He's got amazing, he's got charisma to bat. He Sometimes he'll, like, go into the, the like, pick a woman out of the crowd and, like, get get them to kiss, kiss, kiss him on the cheek. 
and it's yeah. just just like little interactions like that and like he's got he's got a lot of charisma man like honestly he's someone you, you should watch out for with regards to Austin Fury I'm pretty sure this was his very first match in WWE like on a, yeah. on a WrestleMania like so I, I can't say no anything about him either but what a way to, to just lump someone in like fair play to them man he got quite lucky there but don't know there's like so many people on NXT that have been busting the, the guts for like for years you'd think they get the call but I don't know yeah definitely I mean he's one of them I probably need to watch more of him because in, in six minutes which is what this match got I didn't really see much of, of the geezer uh, Selena Vega was in their corner and she's just unreal um, she didn't really do much in the match that I can remember uh, Street Profits win to be honest by this point I wasn't really paying attention much to this match um I might have even taken a piss. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> it definitely wouldn't have been a dump because you would have missed the entire show. You wouldn't have been on this podcast if you went for a dump, actually. I'd still be there now. Still be yeah. there now. Zelina uh, Vega's so tidy, though. That's very she's, nice. Uh, she's, she's Miami. Her and Alistair Bacher that marry, don't they? And they have their own little cat page on Instagram, which I'm not ashamed to say that I follow. They have their own cat page on Instagram? They do, yeah. Team Pomato. Rep Team Pomato. Oh, that's nice. I like it. <laughs> They've got about like seven cats, you know. It's hilarious. Have they really? Yeah, I can link you to it. Wow. I'm... <laughs> Any inch of credibility we had now is that's just gone <laughs> talking about this. What's wrong with liking cats? Oh, Nothing. I love oh. cats. I'll link you to it, though, Defo, when we're done. What a geezer. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've just Googled her there and seen her pictures of the cats. Yeah, what a nice <laughs> Isn't that right. the strangest couple? You would not pit them two together in the slightest, would you? You would not, no. It's nice, though. No. It's very nice. Well in there, son, Alistair Black. You, well, it's all you need to do. Get, get get tattoos all over your body, Lou. You'll be in with a, it, with a senorita. Get, get tattoos, get taller, get get into shape, become famous, and, um, looks, and change my whole personality. <laughs> <laughs> in there, in there. <laughs> that's it's all it takes there. all it takes easy easy yeah uh, you can do it yeah, yeah you never know um but yeah but yeah okay match not a bad match not a good match well yeah not a good match i thought okay. they did all they could in, in six minutes i thought three profits look good like you said and they're a good tag team you know like yeah they, these could be if they keep pushing them and they don't derail them like you know lose faith in like the they tend to with tag teams a lot now. Don't they? They'll push them for a bit and then just drop them for no reason. Yeah. Let's hope they don't do that with these because they're entertaining. I like them. Yeah, that's why they are. I'd, like to, I'd be interested to see more of them. Um, I didn't know much about these geezers going into it. Um, probably, you know, watch more of the product. I might like a bit more. Next, uh, next match was um five-way elimination match for SmackDown Women's Championship. It was Bailey the champion against Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, Tamina, and Naomi. Um, again, yeah, elimination match, five-way match. Um, okay, match. I, I, you know, I'd say it was a good match, very good match. Actually, I liked it. Yeah, uh, twenty minutes. This one. I, sorry, I didn't actually watch this match. Uh, oh, good match actually. Yeah, I, I can't believe they got give them so much time. You know what I'm actually seeing with both of the both of the manias. Like, I know the women have been quite up, you know, they've been, they've been, they've been one up there with the main events talents, I'd say now, which is a good, good thing. It's a good sign. 
but especially on uh, on these two nights, they got like some of the longest time and matches. So you obviously the first night the tag match went fifteen minutes, the opener with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley twenty minutes, this twenty minutes as well. So they've obviously got a lot of faith in the women. They want to they want to spotlight them as much as possible, which is it's good to see. Definitely, yeah. It's just, it, yeah, it would be interesting to um, yeah, definitely. I think like to be honest, the women probably had like some of the best matches on the show in general. And um, it's good to see, yeah, they, they placed time with them. And um, and this match, yeah, it was good. Like, Tamina, she she came out, looked strong at the start. She was, like, you know, had a good start. She was just taking people out. But then eventually the big geezer will always be eliminated first. They'll always gang up on them and eliminate them first. That happens there. Um, then, yeah, after that, some really good spots as well, Naomi. And um, uh, Lacey Evans kind of teamed up because, of course, Sasha Banks and Bailey were teaming up. So they um, Naomi and, and um, Naomi and um, and what's her name, Lacey Evans, they made a team. Um, they had some really good spots. Um, Naomi was eventually eliminated. Uh, again, as I've probably mentioned this on part one, but that just coming out. Um, one of the funniest lines of the night when Naomi came out and JBL said, so much for hometown advantage. That was a great fucking night. Mm. He's quick-witted, that JBL, I'll give him that. That's the thing. It's, you, you, I mean, you can hate on him to an extent in terms of work, but generally his work is, is pretty good. It's just him as a person who's a bit of a cunt. Um, <laughs> so then we're, we're down to to, um, to Sasha Banks, Bailey and um, Lacey Evans, and there was a bit of like a dissension between Sasha Banks and Bailey because um, Bailey accidentally went into Sasha Banks, and when Sasha Banks came back, she went. She was a bit annoyed at Bailey, thinking, "Oh, why'd you, why'd you, you know, knee me in the head?" And then eventually, um, I think it was Lacey Evans was going towards her, and um, and Bailey pulled Sasha Banks out of the way. Um, but then eventually, Sasha Banks got eliminated. And it went down to Bailey and Lacey Evans. Um, and everyone hates on Lacey Evans, but I thought she was all right. They had a reasonable ending to the match. Love it. That was good. Good ending to the match. Uh, Bailey won. Yeah. Uh, Sasha Banks helped Bailey win. Okay. Uh, and the, yeah, they they helped. They at the end of the show, uh, Sasha Banks raised Bailey's arm, and yeah, Bailey retained the title just under twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, do you? I kind of wish it was Bailey, Sasha Banks, and just a singles match, though. You know, I really do. I, I would have been more enticed to watch it then. I'm glad Bailey's finally having a lengthy title reign. It's it's what it's what she deserves. It's took them long enough. Doing it as a heel, they obviously they booked it terribly as a babyface because they don't know how to book babyfaces. Mm. But Sasha is Sasha's just another one. They like, I don't know. She she is the the best female talent they've got. My favourite, anyway, and they—I can't believe how much they they fucked her up over the over the years. It's just—it's quite mind-blogging, really. They've got the the hair and this this talent in here. She should be the star. She should be the show. She should be up front. She should be the champ. And they they fucked her up. I just—I would have preferred to see Bailey and Sasha singles on a on a big stage. You know, try and recreate the what they did to take over that 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 one year that one match, which is still one of my favourite matches I've ever I've ever seen. I wish, wish I would have seen something along them lines, but hopefully in the future we get to see that. Yeah, definitely. I, I reckon that I would love to see them in a big singles blow-off, but I am kind of happy that it didn't happen tonight with the circumstances of being True. no crowd. True. Like, say, say, yeah, exactly. Save it for for um, 
I don't know, maybe a summer tonight, or basically whenever this whole business is over, save it for then. Um, so I wasn't too too disappointed with that. Um, to be honest, I was quite refreshed to see because usually when you know like someone hits their opponent, oh, sorry, so when someone hits their tag team partner uh, by mistake, they usually will turn against each other almost like like ninety like ninety six percent of the time that happens. But in this match, it was refreshing that it didn't actually happen. And Sasha Banks was like, oh no, no, she just made a mistake. Fair enough, geezer. And they just got on with it. And I was, that was quite nice. It was quite nice. True, they never Russoed it. They didn't Russo it. No, no, they didn't. It was it was a rare thing to see, actually. It was very nice. Um, and so next, right, we get on to the absolute bollocks of it. <sighs> what the fuck? <laughs> I am actually going to agree with you on this one. This was 100% deserves an episode, and that's why it was bollocks. This was bollocks. Let me, let me get another beer before I am... Um, I haven't finished this one yet. I just I know I'll need another one when we describe <laughs> this. Give me a second. Yeah, give, I'll give you... The listeners will give you a sec while you, you get nice and nice and merry for us, but... I just I mean, thought... Firefly fire, Funhouse match, first ever... First ever... It wasn't a match. This was a video package and like a really strange and abstract one. Look, I've seen all these people that are giving it so much praise because it was different and it was creative or whatever. But with the difference between this and the Boneyard, the Boneyard was, was watchable and it wasn't, I don't know, this was this was too abstract and it wasn't, at least in the Boneyard, there was fighting. There was some elements of wrestling. Like, why would why were these in segments together like 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 acting together like they were they were fine like I get they were they were going through John Cena's career base essentially and then they were comparing them to Hulk Hogan like I get the artistic direction you were going for all and all that but this wasn't good. No, it was it was a weird one. It was like as much as I didn't like the Boneyard match, at least that you could make a feasible like. It was a match. They were fighting. They actually, they had a conflict. They had a fight. It was yeah. wrestling. This, they had a conflict, and then they had a group therapy. They had a therapy <laughs> set. Yeah. It was a, what the fuck was this? Like, so it, it starts off with John Cena. He comes out to the ring like, as normal, and then you see Bray Wyatt, um, and they, you see the Funhouse entrance thing, and now suddenly John Cena, he's in on the Funhouse like, TV show thing, and then... Like, I, I, again, I'm having trouble trying to remember what. what the, let, while we talk, let, let's get it up on the network, have it on mute while we talk, just to, to, to let's watch over it. Yeah, because I'm I need to remember what actually happened. I want to do this justice because we're definitely not, I, I doubt we'll ever see something as bonkers as this again. And that's what they were going for at the end of the day. I know that's what they were going for, something that's never been seen before, that's never been done. The same with the Boneyard. But there was just two two extremely variant levels when it comes to how good it was. One was one was one was executed well. One worked. One was a home run, and one it just it wasn't. Cena was just like what a way to just shit on your top star star's career. Your this this geezer that carried your company for 15, 10, 15 years. And it was essentially just a shoot on Cena and his 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 career and why he should have turned heel. And even like the story they were telling, like it what that even all that like the story and the creative direction of it 
That wasn't good. You basically just shat on Cena and made you more money than Bray ever will. Yeah, definitely. It's one of them where, um, again, I'm still going to say that I thought the Boneyard match was bollocks, but but but, but, but beyond that, Welcome. um, it was it was yeah, just what the fuck was it? It was it was mental. Um, having a bit of trouble getting into the networks. Give me a second. So what's strange is there's actually a video package before this match takes place. There's a video package before a video package. Look, this would this might have even worked if it was the promo for the match. But the fact is, this was this was considered a match, and there was there was no aspect of, of wrestling in it. it. It wasn't like a cinematic fight like the Boneyard was, and like other 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 ones like that in the past. This was just strange, but but not strange in not strange in a good way. And Bray's Bray, Bray's always going to be good doing his shtick. But I don't, I just don't think Cena was was any good in this either. I don't think they utilised Cena's strengths well at all. I definitely not. I think it was. Um, I mean, let's get it up here before we uh, before we go any more into. Um, I've got it up. Have you got it up? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Just give me one second. I'll just turn the timestamp is two fifty three. Cool, I'll just make sure the audio is muted as well. Uh, here we go. Right, cool. So, yeah, it starts off here. John Cena, right, he's, um comes out. He's looking all, all happy and all this bollocks. Then we see, like, old-school footage of Vince McMahon announcing, um, like, this is WrestleMania. Geezer getting excited, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they're in this firehouse fun Funhouse bollocks. Uh, Bray White's talking for a little bit. Then John Cena's in it, and he sees like this sort of rabbit with like with some bad teeth, and goes. It's goes rambling rabbit. Oh, he sees, sees the old rabbit geezer. He's saying, "Ah, oh, John Cena, uh, uh, what, what's up?" And then um, John <laughs> Cena, he's in a black room, and he's like, "Oh, what the fuck's going on here?" Then this Vince McMahon doll with like. With like horns on, is talking to him. Um, what's that? What, what is, let's, let's figure out what he's saying here. I can't remember. Let's put put you put the audio on for this geezer. So yeah, John Cena. That so Vince McMahon referencing that speech he made back in two thousand about Noam Raw, where saying he needs you know someone with ruthless aggression to. To go out there and you know take the brass ring and whatever. Well, have you. well that, that's the whole point of the next bit is um, basically the reliving Cena's debut. So Bray is acting as Kurt Angle, and he's mm. doing Kurt Angle's speech uh, on his promo when Cena comes out and debuts and says ruthless aggression. Cena comes out <laughs> with the smackdown fist there, and it's going back and forth between the, the actual video package of when it happened and now. Cena's coming out and his little pink jorts looks George absolutely horrendous. He's uh, he's looking like full on prototype Cena, just cheesy as. And this is where I keep going back to, like, and then Ray's cutting the promo as, as he's being Kurt Angle. Like, just they made Cena look like such a dork in this. Cena tries to start like punching him, and Bray just keeps 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 ducking the punch. Definitely, I mean. Last year, when they they dropped Cena out to the Undertaker, I thought he looked looked shit. 
But then I thought it's the Undertaker, fair enough. And at least again, they had a match. But this was just taking the piss. He, yeah, as you say, comes out. He's like Bray says. Um, what do you think makes you, you know, gonna gonna you know stand out here? Just like Kurt Angle says to him. And then yeah, John Cena go ruthless aggression. He ducks like six or seven times there. Keeps like just criticising him. Keeps saying, "Ah, oh, Cena, you can't punch it. Oh, you fuck it." Um, and then. Vince McMahon though, says that thing about the good shit, which obviously is weird that a reference to um, Dean Ambrose on the uh, the Jericho podcast. Yeah, um, that's that good shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I popped, I did pop for that. And look, I'm not yeah. taking away from. It's more the material that was bad. Like I'm, I'm gonna say, Cena and Bray were, were were good because they are good. That you know they are amazing entertainers. But the material was just, it was just lame and, and it was crap. I've got, you've got to give credit to Cena and Bray. Being, unless this was their idea, they were told, this is what we're going to do. And they went, yeah, let's go ahead, let's do it. I've got to give them credit for actually just going ahead and doing it. If that was Stone Cold Steve Austin and they said, right, basically, right, you're <laughs> going to be in something. We're going to make fun of you as the ringmaster. He would have just been like, no, he would have been out. He'd have took an each ball he, and he would have gone home faster than you could have fucking you know Come. This, exactly this was since here next we see like they they cut to like a package of um intro saturday night's main event John this is it on. this is the for me this was the most hilariously bad thing of the whole of the whole mm. segments and and just made seen it look like such a dweeb so they're like comparing him to hulk hogan in the 80s that's the idea this whole thing and it's just this, this this bit where he starts curling with these dumbbells and he's curling really, really fast and he's got this cheesy smile on his face. And this was the point in the whole thing where I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I was, I, it was one of them where it was like, at first, it was it was, it was was probably like, it was, it was the Vince McMahon though. When I saw that where I was like, okay, right, they're not actually going to go into a match. This is the whole thing. And then, so when this set in here and they're doing this, I was like, like, at least I was a bit more like, well, okay, at least I know what this is now. But I was just like, oh, how long is this going to take? Because this went on a while. Um, yeah. He, he does the curling. He's, he gives himself dead arm. Like, <laughs> both his arms are useless. Pins Great and needles. Up. Yeah, he's, he's, his arms are like, he's, he's, he's just worn himself out. Even though he's fucking like 260 pounds, Jack steroid infused John Cena. He's having a bit of pins and needles from these these ten k dumbbells. Yeah, I mean I would, but I'm I'm not John Cena. <laughs> um, I've so seen that you, you would. Oh, I wouldn't be able to lift him. So so Bray like chucks him into back into the SmackDown set. He comes up as the the Doctor Fugonomics. Um, he goes out there and he starts like doing his battle raps against Bray, which usually these pretty good, but these are probably the weaker. Well, obviously we saw him last year. Um, and he, he was great last year. Not so much. Well, that's, that, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying as well. Like Cena didn't look good in this because he, he had the chance here. He was the rapper gimmick, and I thought this was the worst he's ever looked as the, with the rapper gimmick. His bars were terrible, like so corny. Um, usually, usually his his, rap, his raps are funny. They do make you laugh. Sometimes they can be a bit over the top, but this this wasn't good at all. It was it was terrible. Yeah, and. Um... After after that was done, we we saw Bray was like his old gimmick again. They cut back to their previous match at WrestleMania 31, 
uh, Bray was talking about some bollocks or Sister Abigail, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then, like, he was saying, oh, you should have hit me with a chair, John. And then John was like, yeah, you got a good point there, son. So he went to, like, bang him in the face. And the next thing you know, the Nitro intros popped up. And um, Bray Wyatt is now Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Why? What? What is the relevancy? Why are we seeing this? I've, I've no idea. I, I hope this was their idea. If, as you know, to be honest with you, I hope it wasn't their idea. Because if someone <laughs> said to them, right, this is what we're going to do. And the fact that they went and executed it, they, they executed it quite well, actually. I've, I can only hope that what this is, is we want to do a showreel right now to get some acting jobs, which John Singer doesn't need because he's quite a successful actor he's, he's turning into. But if Bray gets some acting work work off the back of that, then fair play because he he did all right actually, you know. <laughs> Couldn't you do this in the spare time? Why are you doing this in the semi main event of WrestleMania? Like, I get the whole entire point of this. Yeah, it was basically <clears throat> what if Cena would have turned heel? So Bray Bray is putting Cena as a heel here in his match. He's um, he's envisioning what it would have been like as Cena as a heel. I you know I understand that I understand what they're going for there, but but. Why? Why? Why are we seeing this in a match? Just do this in a just have this as like a, a segment in the build up to the match. If you're gonna do it, mm, definitely. Um, and he, he start. He so he comes out like Cena comes out as, as the Hulk Hogan, and um, as like as, as Hulk Hogan basically uh, gets in the ring, starts beating up Bray, starts punching him, and that's his sort of intercut with footage of all. Cena's punching was terrible as well, yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, and he, he starts cutting him and it, uh, punching him, and um, he starts, <laughs> starts razor blading him. He starts starts new jacking him, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he starts punching him, and it was sort of in a cut with all the times like he had a montage of all the times seen his life where like when his career, sorry, where he's like you know been like you know all the sort of the foul all all, all the down points of his career you could say when the fans have not been into him playing seeing you know, seen a Winsby riot sign. CM Punk when he won the title off him, uh, seeing like, him over to ha- hold, hold up the hand of Roman Reigns and just all that kind of bollocks. Um, and then he just keeps punching Brain. It turns out he's punching like this teddy bear. Then Bray Wyatt gives him the gives him the claw um, or whatever it is, the mandible claw. And then he starts counting himself as the victor. And and thankfully this is is fucking over. Uh, and guess what again, Louis. What's that? No referee. Where's the ref? Where's, does this count as a win for, for Bray Wyatt? Well, it does apparently technically, but under, under who's fucking ruling? Who? <laughs> There's no referee. I don't get it. it was, the thing about it was, it's don't put this at the end of the show because obviously they could have at least imagined, right, that people aren't going to like this because it's shit. So they probably know this, right? Or at least they have a strong suspicion. Don't put it second to, and especially knowing the main event is also going to be shit. Why mm. put this so late on? Because now it's going to completely sour any good points you had about the show. Because people are just going to remember this, and they're going to go, "What the?" Because that took the wind out of my sails. Oh yeah. Like, Brock Lesnar and 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 what's his name, uh, Drew McIntyre. They would have had to have like a, an incredible match to pull me back from that. And they went out and proceeded to have a fucking. Uh, it, was, it was hardly Cheers. any better. It, 
it was bollocks. Yeah, this the whole last stretch is so weird in it because the night the night before the last hour and a half it was for me was was really good, but yeah. then but the last half of the show this was not good, and I I understand that this was what they were trying to go for was they were trying to have their own version of of Matt Hardy's you know his final deletions. Basically, the whole broken Mac gimmick, the thing that he started, the the cinematic universe that he's got going. This was his Bray's version of that, and it was similar to the Lake of Reincarnation. So it's like in Matt Hardy's compound, there's a, there's a little lake there. When people get thrown into that lake, they get reincarnated back into you know some of their older gimmicks and things they worked in in the past. So that's what it was borrowing from that clearly, but. At least, at least that had that, but it also had fighting and, and wrestling, and, and it had a wrestling ring in it. But this was too much back and forth. It was chopping back and forth between between different things. That, that, that it had no relevancy as well. Like, it, why the why in twenty twenty we making the comparison of John Cena and Hulk Hogan? Like, why we why we don't care about Cena and his heel turn anymore? That that ship sailed a long time ago. And they're still plugging at that. Like I don't, I just don't know what they were going for here. Honestly, definitely, it's one of them where it's like we we have a limited amount of time that Cena. I mean, Cena is is, is his condition is incredible. He could probably he's probably not going to retire anytime soon, um, like fully retire. But like we, again, we don't have like you know his his time is limited now, especially with his other commitments. If you're going to get him back. And then you know they're going to be paying him a lot of money as well. Fucking use him well, Matt. Get somebody yeah. over. Like, I thought. You know I thought I mean? coming into this, this was going to be like a. Do you ever see Ravens Clockhouse uh, horrors? What was it? Clockhouse fun match. I think something like that. It was called that in TNA. So it was essentially yeah. his version of his hard hardcore match where he bring weapons out and it was like different kind of weapons. I thought. I thought this was going to be. I thought it was just going to be Bray's version of a, of a hardcore match. And I was excited for it because of that. Was that the match you had with Jeff Hardy in TNA? Yeah, so I think he had one with Jeff right. Hardy and he, he may have had one with uh, CM Punk as well. Yeah, that was sick, actually. I saw that one with Jeff Hardy. If it's the one I'm thinking of, that was a sick match. Yeah, um, so I thought it would have been something along those lines. Like you said, right. you've got you've got John Cena. Now, Bray's not the, he's not the most complete in ring worker, but he's got some good power moves and Cena can still go. Like right. the Boneyard match. The reason I liked it and the reason I was accepting of it is because it's the best thing you can do with a six-year-old taker in this day and age. But these two can still go. These can still wrestle. Cena doesn't look like he's about to retire. There's no reason this shouldn't have been an all-wrestling match. This was just being trying to be too creative, trying to be too abstract, and it failed. Yeah, complete failure, I thought, um, as well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Just this was like an, an, an art show. This was an art house avant-garde WrestleMania. Uh, obviously unintended with the crowd not being there. But then, like, they, it, it was just weird. Like, the, 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 it was a very, very, very weird show. Um, weird I mean, show, but th- this was just trying to be. This was trying to be weird. That's the thing. Um, and they needed just a bit of a, a bit of normality, I think. And they, they just went. I think they went too far with this. I think just that was it, really. They went too far with it at the end of the day, and I hope they don't do this again. But they might, because, again, so many people like this and enjoyed this. Now, 
I, I don't know how they could do this one. This this ran thirteen minutes, yeah, and it's and to me it felt like it ran about half an hour at least. It dragged for me. Well, the thing is, luckily, WWE doesn't tend to always listen to the fans. <laughs> so, um, so that that's not, I don't worry too much about that. But um, yeah, it did drag. It was it was it was awful. Thank goodness it was over. Um, we get to the main event for the Universal, or is this the World WWE title? Whatever the fuck it is, it's the red one. It's the red, <laughs> it's strap. The red strap. The red strap. Actually, I think it's a black strap actually. Um, WWE Championship, that's the one. Brock Lesnar, of course, he's the fucking champion. He's um, he's fighting Drew McIntyre. We're at the Royal Rumble. Um, so, first thing that annoyed me about this, right, was Paul Heyman's there, and I'm like, oh, there we go. There's Paul Heyman. I can't wait when he takes the mic. This is going to be incredible. He's going to, he, you know, he's going to use the the, this, the weird situation to his advantage. He's going to say something really funny. He did. He didn't even get the mic. And I was like, "What the fuck? Mm. What the fuck?" He did cut really... a he, he did cut a big promo on Raw, the Go Home Show. I don't know if you've seen that, but no, I get yeah. I get what you mean. No, they 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 wrestled this like it was a um, the main event of WrestleMania in front of a big crowd. So mm. that's why Heyman never got on on the mic, unfortunately. But I'm saying that if if they if they were gonna wrestle it like that, which it seemed like they were, well, why did they get five minutes? This went four it, minutes thirty five seconds. The, the thing is, like Brock Lesnar, when he, he started having these kind of matches, kind of like the John Cena match at SummerSlam was, or, or he, actually since he came back, these kind of matches have been like he's going to do a move, walk around the bit, and um, and then that's it. It's going to be a few moves, going to be big power moves. Then more as he's come back, it's now now the match is going to be five minutes. We're going to bung everything into five minutes. Um, they're all going to be power moves, and the first time you saw it, like when he did, when he did the one with Goldberg, you're like, that that was incredible. All we wanted to see in a short amount of time was great. The more he did it, it's like for fuck's sake, this again. And then Seth Rollins last year, it's like for fuck's sake, this again. And I thought, you know what? A whole year's passed. There's no reason that you know that they, they're not. You know, it's three hours long. No one's tired. They yeah. can go out. Maybe they're going to go out there and have like a, a good a, a yeah. ten minute match even. And no, just the same thing again. Just yeah. a few finishes by Brock Lesnar, a few finishes by by Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre's champion. He wins the match. It's all over. Yeah, what there was fuck? no, there was no reason for Lesnar to have one of these type of matches because he's so when he first came back, he wasn't doing this. Do you remember? Like he had some good matches, man. He was having good main event matches 20 minutes sometimes 15 20 minutes at least but then he's gotten into the, his head that this is how he's going to wrestle now he's going to hit a bit a few big moves and that and he's going to sell and it's just going to be a finisher fest at the end of the day and you can only do that when the, the time calls for it in the right circumstance with like you said goldberg versus brock was the right circumstance to do that but he's just overdoing he's doing it every time now he's beating a dead horse and He's making himself unlike more unlikable with the way he's he's booking his matches. He must be politicking out his way to doing this. He he, he must really can't be asked because the thing is, I like Brock man. I, he's one of he's one of the greats. He is amazing, and he could do so much more. He's still got it. I mean, look at him. He's he's still a fucking beast. He can still sell, work his ass off. But he he thinks that these are the, does he think these matches are, are getting more over because they're not. They're getting them booed out of out of the building and mainly main events. They're getting people to 
to not want to tune in when he's the champion. I just don't get I don't get the thinking in, in the way he wants to wrestle now. What, what, what do you think is the thinking? I think it, now in the head, I think he doesn't give a shit. I think literally is that he's just like, they're paying me to wrestle the same 10 minutes or 20 minutes as they would to wrestle five minutes. I'm going to wrestle five minutes. I reckon it's literally that. I reckon he just doesn't care anymore. And yeah, like I reckon that could be the only explanation because a few times it's interesting, it's good, it's something a bit different, you know. Yeah. You don't want to see a whole show full of 20-minute, 30-minute matches. Otherwise, it wouldn't make that match special anymore. You need a few short matches. But this just takes the piss. This just every match now. It's like, what the fuck? He's not even an attraction anymore, mm. really. It's yeah, like, I'm not even one of these Lesnar haters either, though, because my opinion is, I mean, look, look at him. He's still got it. He, he does deserve to be one of the, the top-tier talents. He deserves to be in main events now. If he's not there enough, he, does he deserve to be the champion? That's a different story. But he deserves a spot because he is that talented. He has got that he has got that aura about him. He's a, he is a star. But um doing doing these matches in, in in this day and age, it's 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 gonna it's gonna it's gonna make him lose his star, his star quality. And I think that's what's what's happening, to be honest with you. He's he's becoming less of a star because of the, these matches. And I'm just glad Drew won and all honestly, I'm glad the title's off Lesnar and hopefully he can just I don't know, like maybe do something different. I don't know, go on a just have a break because I'm sick to death with these main these main event style matches. I don't, I don't know about you. I want to see some, you know, some New Japan style main events. I know that's never going to happen, but you know, like 30 minute, they're going for the 30, 40 minute classics where like, you know, it builds and it builds and eventually it just at the end and it spirals and there's just this beautiful end. And like, let's have those, those style of main event matches. Like, I'm sick of these these Hoss style f- fights that they're going for. Like, let's be honest. Like, they're trying to go for it, the UFC fight style, shoot fight style with Lesnar. That's what they're going for. But UFC isn't as big as it once was. Now, like their their ratings are going down, and so are the buy rates. And that's just not what it's about anymore. Like, give give us exciting main events. Like, not not shit like this. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'll be first to say, as a kid, Brock Lesnar, Eddie Guerrero. When I first started watching, my two favourite wrestlers. Um, so I always have a love for Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar. But yeah, now it, it, it's yeah, just yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Um, which is a shame, really. Um, he still has it if he decides to use it. Then I think he can be, he can be, you know, make Brock great again. That's what I reckon. Election, um, whenever the next one is, whenever this is all over, make Brock <laughs> great again. You have my vote. That could make a decent hat, do you think? Make Brock break great again. MB, a nice MBGA. Exactly, exactly. But what do you, what do you think of Drew then? I know we talked about Brock, but what, what's your opinion on Drew? Um, you know, he's a good wrestler. Credible look as well. Um, he was good. Nothing bad to say about him. Um, I'm not one of these geezers who says, oh, he's amazing. I'm, I'm, I've, you know... Oh, you know, I've, I've I've liked him for years. I can't wait for him to be champion. He, he's a good wrestler, good at what he does. Fair enough to him. He's, he's British as well, so he could have been the... Oh, he is. He's the first British WWE uh, champion, actually. So, it's crazy, that. Yeah, that is just insane to think of. You've These lists, you've got British Bulldog, you've got the William Regals of the world. There's just so many. 
and mm-hmm. and 20, 2020 is the first the first time that's happened. But I gotta say, I'm a big I mean, I'm a big Drew fan. I've been saying for the past couple of years since he returned to NXT, he is money. He's the star. He's the he's the Roman Reigns. He's the real. He's what they want. They would like Roman to be because he's got the look. He's got the he's got the promo skills as well, which something Roman doesn't have. He's also got a badass, cool quality about him. Um, yeah, to me, he's money. He's, he's the total package. He's got well, he's not Lex Luger, but um, he he might not even be meat. No, he might not I be Stasia. But yeah, I just think he's. I think he's. If he if you still mod, if you still going off that model of okay, we need someone who's a good good looking, you know, got a good body. He's powerful in the ring. He's a bit of a, you know, a bit. He's a big man, but he's also athletic, because that's that's clearly what they still want. And that they think that's the mold for the, for the, the, you know, the big, the big attraction, the big star. Then go for Drew, because Drew's your man, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, fair play again. Don't don't dislike the geezer. Um, yeah. And he had a sick, sick independent run as well, man. I don't know if you watched any of his uh, stuff when he left, and he had his little stints. And he obviously wrestled in TNA, he's wrestled in um, Evolve, and uh, yeah, he had a bunch of places. And uh, he had some really, so- he had a, such a, a really solid indie run. He was someone that went out there and just proved proved everyone wrong, proved that you know I, I might be, um, I might have been like a hand picked talent. That wasn't that known on the indies, but I can go out there and it's it's still wrestling to me. It's still what I love. I'll go out on the indies and I'll uh, I'll prove he's wrong basically and did that. And he's come back and he's and he's got what he's deserved. He's worked hard. So, th- but this this could have been so much better with the crowd. Like, could you imagine the pop, the atmosphere with the crowd? That even if it was a five minute match, like this could have been salvaged with the crowd. Yeah, d- yeah, definitely. Um... Yeah, I've got no like strong. I just think it's a bit of bollocks, really. I just think it was underwhelming. And after Mania was over, I was like, "Well, that's yeah." Uh, that my whole review of that match, um, and uh, it was just uh, yeah. yeah. Was it eh? Or was it eh? Oh, was it eh? <laughs> was it eh? Yeah. Oh, eh? Oh, eh? No, oh, eh? No, eh? Alright, so what I'll do, right, is I'll go through your whole card and I'll give you my, my one, like, um, like sort of soundbite-like uh, reaction. So, like, so, Natalia versus Liv Morgan. And then, um, right, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Um, Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Um, Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Um, Edge versus Randy Orton. <laughs> uh, Street Profits versus Angela Garza and Austin Theory. Um, <laughs> Bailey versus the, the women's elimination match. <laughs> That's um, fucking frightening. <laughs> Jesus, don't do that when you're on a date. Lord have mercy. Well, you don't have to worry about me being on a date. Uh, John Cena <laughs> versus The Fiend. Um, no. And <laughs> what is that? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. What is that? Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you end me. <laughs> 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 um, 
<laughs> and that, that's basically my review. <laughs> we should have fucked the whole podcast off and just, just did those sound bites. That would have been enough. That would be a sick idea. If we should do that, a weekly raw, just, just do sound bites. <laughs> it's got to be done now. <laughs> that would be sick, actually. Yeah, mm. yeah but yeah, I've... Not, nothing more to say about yeah, it. so you're in a, you agree then night one was, was the better of the two? Yeah, night one was the better of the two. Of this second night, I think, again, the opening match was very good. Uh, five-way elimination match was um, was pretty good. I liked it. You know, was, when you get five good wrestlers in the ring, um, then or five at least good to, to decent wrestlers in the ring, you're going to have a good match. You know, they had a good match. And then Edge versus Randy Orton. Um, I thought it was good. Um, you obviously could have been shorter, but overall, I did, I did enjoy it. So three matches I thought were pretty decent, and the rest just, it was just, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just rough. It was just, it was, no, no, I wouldn't say it was awful, but it was just, it didn't connect with me in any way. The thing is, for me, the, so the opener, like, I loved, that was a really good match. Um, what killed it for me, watching it live, was was Edge Randy Orton. Now, it wasn't one of the worst matches on the card, but because it was so long, and obviously, you know, we're, from, we're in the UK, so we were up late watching it, but that match just felt like it went on forever and ever, and it made me so tired, and just it just took my enjoyment out of the show then. So anything that came after that, I just I don't think I could quite enjoy it as, as much anymore. Just because that it frustrated me that that match in a way, and like I was waiting for it to end. And the reason it's frustrating me is because it was the match I was most looking forward to. The build up was great. The promos from Edge and from Orton both some of the best they've ever cut. So that's why it frustrated me that they could have done what they did in forty minutes in twenty. Uh, but it was one of the stronger matches on the show. The oh, I still think the opener was the best match. And the fiend versus John Cena was new levels of batshit, crazy, insane stupidity, which I hope I never see again. Yeah, I mean, when they cut back to what's his name, Titus O'Neil, and he just said, "What was it that I just saw?" I quite like that bit. That was good. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Agree with most of that. Just uh, apart, apart from the edge. And yeah, but you agree with that unironically? Like he was saying that ironically. No, I don't think so. I reckon he... <laughs> yeah, he was, he was shooting. Titus was shooting. I reckon WWE, they can't have made that and not have went, no, this is fucking weird. <laughs> he, was just, he was probably just like, we've got to at least acknowledge it. So fair play for them doing that. Like they say, did they, they, at least they acknowledged how fucking mental it was. Do you, so, do you um, think Vince sat there and actually watched this match? Or do you think he watched any of this mania? Because you know what, as well, I noticed. Um, I think on the Edge Twenty Four documentary, like when Edge goes backstage at the Royal Rumble, like Vince is like nowhere to be seen. So I'm thinking that he he mustn't go to the shows as much anymore. Obviously, with the um, the XFL um, and everything that taking off, that being back again, I can imagine he's not there as much. What's happening with the XFL? Is it still happening? Obviously, yeah, it's it's, it's it's well, it must be suspended time being obviously, but. I, th- I think they're doing all right. The ratings and that, like they've got the league still going. And that I haven't followed it, but maybe we could, maybe we could check it out and we'll see how they're doing. And uh, maybe, maybe uh, do a little show on it. Says it's been cancelled. 
Uh, obviously, the season's been cancelled, but yeah, don't know. We'll have a look. But as a, as a overall, then just to, just as wind down, what do you think then, and just give your all sort of summarise your opinions on on Mania Thirty Six. Um, well, both nights one and two. Um, I think if you've got to answer the question of was it good, was it was it quality, was it bollocks? Um, I think it was. I'll be honest. I think it was bollocks. To be fair, understandably so. In those conditions. It's hard to put on a good mania. You had one or two good matches, but they. But there was only one match, the ladder match, which is one that I'll revisit. Um, the rest of them were um, okay, some of them, but none of them reached the heights of that ladder match. So I thought it was a bit of old bollocks, yeah. It doesn't crack the top tens of WrestleManias. What about yourself? Is it weird to say that, in some ways, I thought this was the best Mania they've done in, in years, because only because, and I even went to last year's one, but it's just so long now, it's seven hours long with the pre-show included. There is just no way you can go back to doing on long shows when you had you had two three hour shows that okay they weren't perfect a lot of it was bollocks like you said but it was over in three hours and it was and it was a it was a decent watch it didn't it didn't leave you feeling deflated at the end you know absolutely just gasping for air feeling like Arnie and Total Recall on Mars like <laughs> you know that feeling I mean well, the thing is I I I, I don't know. I was deflated. I wasn't tired. That's the thing. I still stayed up for the rest, the rest of the night and watched um, uh, several hours of pornography. Uh, so Premium, um, he said, he'll, if anyone that listens to our show, by the way, you will share his account with you. That's a, that is, you've heard it from here first. That's a given, okay? If you spread the good love of that's why they were quality, was a quality, bollocks, the whole shebang, yeah? Louis will share his Brazos Premium account. Uh, I don't remember saying that, um, <laughs> but I will say this actually: if we get, oh, actually, I'll say this right here, right? If we get a video with over a thousand views, right? Any of them. Any, so if we get a podcast with over a thousand listens, any of them, I will do. If people want it, a top fifty porn stars episode. I'll be Ooh. down for that. Okay. Yes, this has got to happen now. I'll do my top 50 rappers, which are in the middle of doing it. You can do your top right. 50 porn stars. Yeah, so just just to end, like I just feel like the, the, the manias in recent years, they haven't been good because of the length and just also they haven't been good shows. But the, this, this wasn't exactly a good show, but because it was split into the two parts and then it was three hours long, it didn't seem as bad. There was two good, there was two really good matches on the show. And there was a couple of decent ones as well. But in the future, I don't know if you agree, I feel like they should do this going ahead with Manias. If they are going to try and have as much talent on the card as possible to get to give them their payday, to get let them have the payday, which is why they do it, then split it into two days, have a go three hours apiece on, on, on the day each. I don't, do you agree? Yeah, I definitely. I, I definitely you know, thought this was... Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I right. think the way to go. So, what's your rating out of 10? The whole mania. Um, uh, I'm going to give it a 4. Uh, again, like, you know, obviously it's understandable to the situation, but a 4. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm going to go 5. I'm going to go 5 just purely for the uh, the boneyard 
that put it up and the opener on night one, on night two. Um, yeah, and the ladder match as well. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five. Well, I don't know if you're saying that praising the boneyard so much to uh, to it too frustrating. <laughs> but, uh, I'm doing it to hurt your feelings. Hurt your feelings, and that must be the same reason you've not acknowledged Chaz and Dave as the best band of all time, even though they they quite clearly are. Mm. Um, so it's understandable, you know. But um, Chaz, Peacock, Dave, Hodges are both dead and buried. Chaz Peacock, uh, fuck me. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I finally got you doing it. Oh shit! I mean, to <laughs> I'm sending the boys that soundbite, and their number one fan, their only fan. Uh, they'll be, they'll start. I think they might disown you. No, many, many fans, and Chaz Hodgins and Dave Peacock. Um, only one of them's passed away. Rest in peace, uh, Chaz Hodges. Dave Peacock is still alive. And they are they are legends. And uh, and if you were listening, if you were watching, even um, a better call Saul's most recent episode, you'd have you'd have heard a song that they played on. Um, I got the blues, Lavi Lavi Cifrine, um, of course, sampled by Eminem, uh, playing in a in in better call Saul. Oh, I need to cut. I need the last two episodes, like today's and last week's. I need to watch. I haven't caught up. Oh, no they're, they're very good. This, this week's one's very good. Mm, look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, to answer the question, you said this was bollocks. Was it quality for me? It wasn't quality. It wasn't totally bollocks, but it was It was a little bit of bollocks. It was small bollocks. It was like the size of peanuts. Yeah, it's one of, I think it's a load of bollocks, me. Um, yeah. But that's... Um, yeah. So... A bit of bollocks, bit of bollocks. Yeah, and yeah, catch us in the future for more episodes of That's Why They're Quality. We've obviously got the Tribes episodes coming in the future. That, that'll be dissecting the rest of their career, the the downfall, and then the uh, the reunion as well. We've got um, episodes of Bollocks coming as well. Uh, and yeah, there's just a lot more content coming in the future. So if you like a bit of an entertainment comedic podcast, if you like um, the host getting the absolute piss taken out and ripped to shreds, then then you'll you'll love this and you'll you'll enjoy the the future list listening. Definitely have the chance to say we liked them before they were big. Have the chance to do that and listen to the podcast. Um, as you say, more more tribe called Quest episodes to follow. Uh, Fifty greatest rappers part one. A list that Paddy Stanton made. Um, that is um, is out now actually. Um, so. Yeah, and uh, why more? That's why they were bollocks. Uh, an episode on how to make your mother's finale has been um, recorded, and I think we can agree that was bollocks. Um, and so check that all out, Jesus. Yeah, uh, peace out then. Nice one. Peace out, Jesus. Um, see you at the next mania. Well, no, see you for more of the podcast. <laughs> see you later, Jesus. See you later, Jesus. Four years goes on.